and i think we're recording all right hello hello and welcome to social suicides a uh, little effort from our end um uh, so uh, the, the essentially what we see today is that we have a very very polarized outlook on news we have um, typically people who feed us the news are politicians journalists and instagram influencers and regular voices aren't really heard and also we got into the stand of like 280 character bite size philosophy which isn't really going to solve any problems so this is a small effort from rns um, me and um, neha banak uh, who is a clinical psychologist um we will try to keep these podcasts as um, long form as possible there's not going to be any time limit we are not going to edit it because we don't want to listen to our voices there's not going to be a, a visual component because um, we aren't that interesting to look at anyway um yeah that's uh, not true. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah that's uh, subjective you know yeah anyway so um yeah that's about it so uh, every week we will try to bring in uh, random people who we think have interesting perspectives on uh, random issues we try to make it um we try not to skew it towards any one point of view because we want to bring in any uh, different people like liberals conservatives different industries different professions etc to get different perspectives to have regular voices heard um so f- to kick things off uh, we have uh, neha banak who is a clinical psychologist and who will also be co-hosting this podcast from now on hi neha hi shantanu hi shanti yeah thanks yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah tell us about yourself um all right so I am a mental health professional. Um I've done my masters in clinical psychology from Tata Institute of Social Sciences Bombay. Uh if you've heard of it and uh I have been practicing for about uh, one and a half years now. And uh, at present I'm working at a corporate so I'm mostly dealing with the corporate population. Um uh, in the past during my uh during my course in tis i was interning at different kinds of settings and uh, i think that was a really good experience in terms of uh building my perspective in this entire field looking at you know what actually interests me understanding different kinds of populations understanding different kinds of settings and how they function and uh, yeah i think it has added a lot to my experience so far and i'm really grateful for that yeah Uh, it's great to have you here yeah, and you'll be co-hosting us uh, this thing like uh, like a we- on a weekly basis which is pretty cool yes. um yeah yeah uh, yeah <laughs> did you um, read the news today about that um, woman gang raped by four delivery boys where was it in oh, yes. delhi was that delhi i'm not sure but you know in shorts uh, yeah notification shorts is the oh. future of news you know I got another one just now. I just looked at my phone and I got another news about rape case. I don't know what's happening. Oh, isn't that? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so have you dealt with like criminals and stuff in your profession? Um fortunately or unfortunately no because um I haven't been exposed to that kind of population. Uh I think uh that work would be essentially around jails. perhaps because that's where you know we just decide to put criminals in without even giving it a thought because i think we as a society especially india we do not want to look at people as human beings you know there's a very 
strong sense of right and wrong and anyone who is sort of uh, quote unquote deviant is automatically put into the wrong without giving it much thought and then they are you know the only thing that we can think of is some form of capital punishment and you even have a lot of these uh, protests and everything being carried out for uh, if you remember hanging uh, nirbhaya's rapist yeah right? yeah yeah so, yeah i feel like uh, like you were saying you know in the beginning that we are very very polarized as a society and in fact what i have been noticing is that this polarization has only been increasing over the few months at least on social media uh, what i have been seeing yeah what do you think yeah uh, yeah so the, it it kind of sucks right because uh, it's just that the only opinions we see are instagram stories and they kind of disappear within a day and people forget and we go we move on to the next issue without really like analyzing what went wrong and that's not really going to solve problems and stuff uh yeah. you know, so anyway so uh you are stepping to a gray area right with that um, point of view where um uh criminals need to be looked at as people who need re- rehabilitation you know as as opposed to be charged so um that uh, i saw this recent article about how pedophiles need to be uh, treated as mental health cases as opposed to crime uh, criminals right so that's kind of a gray area which uh, raises a, lo- a lot of eyebrows so what do you think about that yeah i think it's it's a very interesting area to delve into firstly because uh, you know human behavior and human mind is something that uh, we do not have enough knowledge about and i know that there has already been a lot of research done a lot of theories developed and we're all you know teaching these things to kids in school kids in college but uh, i don't think there's ever an end to learning about human beings because they they're so complex right we are all so complex and even in my experience as a counselor uh, no two people no two kinds of say breakup have ever been the same right so it's always very different and i think there is a need to learn more about certain kinds of behavior uh, criminal behavior being being a very interesting one actually you know and uh, uh, pedophilia being one of the uh, one of the kinds of deviant behaviors that we talk about uh, again we don't understand it fully because we just look at it as okay this is wrong you having any kind of sexual inclination towards a child is wrong you're not looking at how this is actually emerging what has contributed to this form of a right. condition yeah. and i'm not saying that people shouldn't be punished because of course there's a there's a moral factor over here and uh, more than that it's the it's the factor of consent right because uh, with rape with uh, any kind of sexual activity i would say consent is what uh, forms the underlying you know the core of it if there's no consent then it's it it is not okay yeah I'm but you know like the the whole thing about you have to be 18 years of age right even if you are under 18 and so your consent doesn't really have much of a weight there so again so i feel like just labeling these people as just deviants is just like a brick wall right it just stops yes. scientific research uh same thing with drugs you know the war on drugs and stuff like that it's um mm. it's pretty limiting and yeah, it, yeah. it it it's kind of I bad guess. yeah it, it's 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 kind of suck it, it sucks because these drugs were have been a, a part of our culture like since ancient times and um, 
it's only yeah. recently where we've been banned and uh, there've been like people wrongly charged for just possession of these things so. yeah absolutely i don't think we know enough about substances drugs i mean we have seen a lot of cases of say people who overdose people who are not able to uh, cope with their feelings their emotions and that's why they resort to these drugs as a method of coping but yeah. i'd say that maybe that's not the only use of it you know and we we just look at it as again we look at people doing drugs as people who are wrong there's something wrong with their lives there's something wrong with them and we shouldn't associate with them or uh, you know it, we don't even give us the give ourselves a chance to look at a substance in any other way and i think uh this you know brings a lot of thoughts in my mind uh about say prescription drugs right mm. and you wouldn't believe the number of the number of clients the number of people who i have seen in therapy who come up and say things like uh you know i saw my friends taking these uh prescription medicines and i've seen that uh they tend to get addicted to it and i don't want to get dependent on these medicines so please don't uh tell me to go to a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fear there's a lot of uh misconceptions and uh, a lot of people i would say even the the, the really educated people the the middle uh, the middle income the higher income classes even they are not very very sure or very aware of what can substances what can medicines do to them hmm. yeah. and yeah i think uh, it is a very valid fear because i have myself seen people getting worse you know mental health wise getting worse with the use of medication with the use of uh, substances as well and on the other end i have also seen people arrive at very very profound realizations about themselves with the use of substances so it is very very hard to sort of say that this is right the prescription medicines are right and you know other substances termed as illegal are wrong that's a very polarized view again yeah yeah so yeah the, and especially like stuff like the opioid crisis right like where all these antidepressants are loaded with these addictive substances just you know, designed to keep uh, get you hooked like rather than just solving these things um, yeah 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 so and, yeah and you know let's just personally right like uh, like recently when uh, i was undergoing similar treatment as so, like i went through like so many cycles of just like different types of prescription drugs it was just like a, a trial and error type treatment without uh, actual scientific basis um mm-hmm. so the this level yeah. of uh, lack of knowledge right for uh, for treating something as complex as the human mind like just putting a barrier on it just like making things illegal um, not respecting psychology as a profession you know yeah. that actually lead to uh, you know us just stagnating mm. in the same place yeah yeah and you know when you said the the trial and error method i think that is very very prevalent in this field and uh it's something i do myself a lot of times because uh, there have been several instances where i've told my clients that uh, you know it's all about trying out these different techniques and looking at what is working the best for you if there's nothing that's working for you maybe we can have that discussion in another session and we can look at 
what are the other alternatives we can try out here? And sometimes none of the alternatives work. And similarly, I have seen somewhat of a similar thing with medication, psychiatric medication, even though maybe with psychiatric meds, it's a lot more concrete uh, because, uh, you know, medicines are tangible. You you can actually do a lot of research, a lot of, uh, a lot of testing that can, and that has been done already. However, coming back to the point of human beings being very complex and the way these disorders tend to manifest in us, I feel that is very, very, it's very nuanced, it's very complex, and it's never the boxes that DSM-5 tells us it is. So mm-hmm. I think that's a huge, uh, the, the, the criteria that we have for disorders or for mental health conditions, I think that's, that's also very, very basic, it's very fundamental, and we haven't really gone beyond that. Yeah. So do you have an idea of like what exactly is beyond? Because this it just seems like this is the end, right? Like oh yeah, you have you have these symptoms and this is what you might have, and hence you might you may uh, go through one of these schools of thought in psychology. So mm-hmm. do you feel like so if you feel like it's limiting, where do you think it can, it could go in the future? Mm, that's a very uh, thought provoking question, I would say. Um, I'm not too sure because it's so limiting it's it's i haven't really been able to look at it look at what is beyond myself mm. but if i were to think of it right now um i think it comes down to understanding a human being in you know in in totality as much as you can through your interactions with them and i think that solves a lot of things that uh, these therapeutic techniques and approaches don't really tell us. And uh, in fact, I I think I have briefly had this discussion with someone, one of my colleagues or someone uh, back in college where, uh, you know, we we have all these approaches, right? We have these cognitive behavioral therapy. That's one of the approaches Mm. that's very widely followed in psychology in the field of mental health. And uh, that, that is a very structured approach. It, it is something that is very effective on a lot of levels. However, if you're using it on a person without really taking into account what is the personality of this person and how, how are they functioning in their everyday lives, it may not work for them at all. Mm. A mixture of all these techniques, uh, approaches, and uh, having a blend of all of it is something that can help but again i don't think it it involves going beyond what uh, i have learned already what i have seen already so i think going beyond would also involve utilizing different kinds of media modes uh you know therapy is very very conversational and it's it's just about talking and it's me maybe explaining a technique that this person can try out and then they try it out but even in that sense, I feel it's quite uh, restrictive because there can be something that this person can try out on their own and that really works for them. And the aim for me, at least in any therapy session, is to guide them towards that one thing that can sort of add that value to their lives, you know, instead mm. of 
telling them that this could be that thing. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, you are. But see, the, the, but uh, I also feel like the main issue with actually uh, this kind of treatment is accessibility, right? Like, um, yeah. uh, me as a software engineer, I, I could afford therapy sessions and medicines, but there are like, you know, a billion people who just can't. You know, like yeah. just can't afford therapy sessions, can't afford medicine. So because psychology is such a relatively disrespect a subject, like people calling it, it's not a science and all that, right? It's it's kind of mm-hmm. relegated to a pseudoscience sometimes. Um, yeah. So how do you think or do you think we are actually moving towards an era of more accessible um, solutions to our mental health problems? Hmm. I think that's a very... Uh... It's a very broad spectrum to mm. cover mm. and uh, accessibility definitely is something that is very, very, it, it's the need of the hour. Mm. And I feel like you're, you're very right in pointing out that it is something that is, that is a luxury for most of us, right? Like um, for me as well, like myself personally, I think I, I cannot afford to take maybe four therapy sessions from uh, a therapist who charges say 1.5k because I'm simply not I don't have enough money I don't have enough resources to put into that area of my life and I'm sure there are millions of people in India and around the world where uh, finances are a huge barrier for a lot of individuals and I do see a lot of organizations uh, taking initiatives to make therapy more accessible uh, in terms of uh, this pay what you want scheme, which I've seen a lot of people uh, sort of implement in their settings. Uh, but again, with that also, I guess it is a struggle, right? Because uh, it's our bread and butter and you need to look at how are we also sustaining ourselves and uh, what is happening exactly? Is is this amount that I'm getting enough? Is my organization supporting me with say a fixed salary is the government supporting me by providing me certain facilities if those things are coming together in helping out the professional the field and the individual who's seeking help all of these three components then i think there's something that can be done to make uh, services more accessible yeah. Mm. And and beyond that i also feel like the decision to actually go through a therapy or actually seek help even that is something that a lot of people just aren't af- are just like afraid to do or like they just feel like it's not going to help or you know like yeah. how do you actually think uh, pl- uh think that we should inculcate this idea like if you're actually going through something is the best thing to do is to seek help you know okay i think uh, there are two things i would like to say about that firstly i don't always believe that seeking help is the best step as controversial as this is. But, whoa, uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, really, on. like, if, if you think of it, right, I I mean, it definitely does help, but I'm not saying it's the best step and it is the only best step that, that exists for you. So, um, I think, I mean, a lot of people are not aware. There's a very, very uh, strong lack of awareness among the population about what is mental health, what is therapy, what is counseling, who is a psychologist. People don't know these things. All right? And 
it, this is coming from my experience with corporate clients as well people who are employed in corporates okay even they are not quite sure of what is therapy how does counseling work what does it involve and how does it help me in making my life better so it all starts with awareness and breaking that stigma which is really really difficult i would say in a country like india where uh, we place so much importance on religion or god or i don't know oh, yeah. other things solving our problems when we pray to them so um, i'm sure no offense to anyone who's who might be religious here but i don't think it solves your problems yeah the belief can the belief in a religious entity can give you some direction can give you some solace but i don't think it solves anything and that's just my opinion hmm but um, uh, on the other hand like um, when do you think that you absolutely need to seek help okay uh, so if i'm going by you know your dsm criteria which is like a bible what's the dsm uh, for that for our uh, one listener out there <laughs> uh dsm is uh, the full form is diagnostic statistical manual it's basically a huge textbook a huge fat textbook uh which comprises of all of these symptoms and criteria for every disorder that has been identified so far in human history all right so it basically helps you uh put people into boxes simply said <laughs> um, no it is useful i won't say it's useless it there is a lot of research there's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot that it gives you it helps you understand yourself and your symptoms better uh however i would not advise anyone to check out the manual and diagnose themselves because uh what you might observe while going through that manual is that every symptom that you're coming across is present in you in some degree mm. right none of us are free of anxiety anxiety is a natural emotion that's present in all of us it the problem only when it's getting overwhelming in a bad way it's coming you know it's hindering your day to day activities your social interactions any any of that any of those significant areas of your life so that's what i was coming to about the dsm the two things that uh, determine whether a symptom classifies or qualifies as a disorder is when uh, it's causing significant personal distress to an individual mm. it's impairing their socio occupational functioning all right these are the words they use mm. um, yeah i think that raises a bigger question about uh, why do we place so much importance on our socio occupational functioning so mm. to that definition if i am looking at an individual who is not say socializing a lot or who's not very talkative doesn't like to interact with people doesn't like to go out keeps to themselves for uh abnormally large amounts of time and someone who may not be doing very well with their work they're seen as abnormal right mm. and i think that's problematic mm. uh but again like the so- what i see here is like these lines are so blurred right like especially between these diagnoses and also like the difference between someone who's just an introvert versus someone who's actually showing problematic behavior right like 
I feel like on, on some level, because these lines are so blurred, it's that um, we just cast psychology aside as a non, non-exact science and shouldn't be taken seriously. Um, and uh, there has to be a, some way in which people, I guess, find it. And also, like, the, the, the thing I find problematic is the emphasis on being macho. There's emphasis on, like, just being strong, you know, and just, like, not... Viewing it as something comparable, uh, comparable to maybe like a cold or something else. This yeah, view, absolutely. Right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no very, idea. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah no, uh, I think you're very right in that. And uh, uh, simply put, to understand when is the right time for me to seek help would be when I'm feeling that I I, I like to believe in this philosophy of you know, every individual having certain stability rocks or certain pillars that hold them throughout their lives. And these pillars can change with time. These can, uh, you know, these can break over time. You can make it again uh, over time. And I think it's very important for us to reflect on what are my stability zones in my life? What are the pillars that are holding me up at the moment? Do I think that most of them are falling apart? If they are, then Maybe it's a good time to seek help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I um, I was reading about like uh, therapy recently, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and about how they made like hundreds of crores like last year and paid zero taxes. And you have these people who go every <laughs> single day there to like the hopes that some imaginary dude in the sky is going to solve their problems, right? Over the lip- <laughs> over like actually like lifting yourself up through education stuff, right? It's uh, it's a fundamental mindset that needs to be changed, and I'm not saying that religion is the only way, but is the only reason for our for this mental downfall of our country. But it is, okay, and it sucks. And um, yeah, it's yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, again with religious institutions and with India especially, I feel like. Most people like to have, you know, some kind of instruction manual for life, which says that, mm. okay, and you pray here every weekend, all your problems will be solved or something will be solved. Or even with, it's everywhere, you know, we, we are constantly looking for instructions on how to live life because look at your, you know, any person's uh, say childhood or their present conditions where uh, when we are a child, when anyone is a child, we are looking at our parents for instructions and we are following them, right? So they are the guiding source over there. Mm-hmm. After that, it shifts to, say, uh, more of a social circle where maybe we try to conform to social norms. We try to be in groups which uh, we feel are good for us. Then we have teachers guiding us. Then we have uh, our bosses guiding us, telling yeah. us what to then we have we may have partners who are also telling us what to do so and there are the number of people who like to follow instructions is huge i think it is the majority and we don't stop and we think and think about what else can i do or what if this instruction was not present how would i go ahead and that insight is very important but you can't prevent, see, uh, and so uh, this is what I was thinking about the other day, right, about parenting. You cannot stop biases from creeping into parents because at the end of the day, they're human beings as well. 
right yeah as so i was just thinking about should there be some level of qualification for a couple of people to be parents like uh, what if the person's an alcoholic what if they're not in a stable economic situation but that also raises a lot of ethical questions right about should there be some some sort of a qualification for for a parents or um, you know guardians teachers etc mm okay uh, i've actually thought about this and i feel like for parents at least of course there will be a lot of biases none of us are neutral as human beings we have our own beliefs and values uh and we will try to inculcate that in our children because that's what we have learned that's what we think is the yeah. best way to be yeah and that's not uh, absolute or right, at, uh, right or wrong right and uh, and yeah, that's yeah. a problem yeah and we can go on so right right yeah no i i think that uh, with parents at least i feel like a, a parenting course of some sort which helps them become more aware of what does parenting encompass as in general and is this the right stepping stone for me and what are my intentions of entering into this phase of my life uh, am i on the same page with my partner on this and what could be the probable consequences of having a child uh say one year down the line five years down the line 10 years down the line mm family planning yeah think about these things yeah yeah but see that's the thing right so that again boils down to education which is again like not accessible right like you have poor people who just feel like mm. having more kids is just going to solve their problems in the future like a future investment which is just objectively <laughs> not true Yeah. So again, right? Like, uh, and we have we also have this problem of overpopulation. But then again, there's also this issue of what, who's the authority to guide these things? So who, who comes up with these rules? So there's, there's so many gray areas, which only an idea of psychology and how the mind works and a clear idea, a picture of what is problematic, what is not problematic for kids, right? Because yeah. it's so yeah. easy to just make these little mistakes, which have uh, ripple effects in the future. and yeah, yeah. could make you a drug addict could make you a criminal and these criminals and drug addicts are misunderstood and they they just feel like these are criminals and and they're thrown into jails so it's yeah yeah the human mind is very very disrespected you know yeah yeah i agree with that and you know when, when you talk about education i i often think that uh, if these clients of mine who come to me for sessions if they were you know taught about how to communicate what are the best ways to communicate what are the ways to solve a conflict that takes place or things like you know what do i do when i'm losing focus or concentration on something because these are the very 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 general things that people usually talk about in sessions and i was just wondering you know these are very very basic things that we experience every single day of our lives and if anyone taught us about how to control our emotions at a at a childhood level or at a college level or at a more fundamental level you know not after they are becoming adults then a lot of problems would be easier to solve by oneself and i think there is a need to restructure curriculum in schools to relook at what is really going to help this child become an adult become become someone who uh you know who can take up responsibility who can who can serve themselves in the best way possible mm. and that is not being done yeah again right serving yourself 
I, that also leads into this whole uh, thing about how we are overworked today as a society, right? Like how we just try to like put the other person down, try to get ahead in life without caring for our mental health and experiencing burnout when you when you, when you turn thirty. You know mm-hmm. these kind of things, yeah. highly misunderstood, especially in corporates, especially in these prestigious engineering colleges, stuff like that, where there's mm-hmm. just this tunnel vision that you get into, and then later in life you just realize that. There's so much more to life, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's this thing uh, again. It, it boils down to our culture. That's how we recognize mental health. It's not how we like, not put it at the forefront of every single thing. Like how we're not taught to balance our finances, manage our finances in school. You know. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, yes. Yeah, again, so it. again, so uh, it's, uh, rather than talking about these things, like how do you hmm. think there is some potential for change? Do you think there is some way, at least in a gradual way, we can slowly start introducing these new ideologies? You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think uh, there needs to be definitely some change in the in the way we are teaching kids in the education system itself, and uh, you know, in in what we also envision as the best for our lives because if you look at maybe our parents or our parents generation uh they are they are very very confident and sure of my child needs to have a stable life and a stable life will give them a good family will give them a good job so this is what they need to choose to have that good job and you see all these kids being pushed into say engineering like against their will or maybe you know it's so uh it's so internalized that you don't even realize that there are other streams that you can think of getting into or there are other things that you can potentially do with your life to be that stable individual or maybe you don't even want to be that stable individual maybe you want to just you know float around in your life you want to do things that you like doing and maybe have a low income maybe have only your basic needs satisfied because you're still getting to do the things you want to do mm. and i don't think we look at life that way at all and yeah. we are boxing ourselves we're looking at okay every individual must have a stable proper life which is which comprises of these things a good house uh, maybe a vehicle a car a scooter a family a child and that's a very rigid notion of how we view life yeah and like even, even things like taking a break is villainized like not working like 9 10 hours a day is villainized like if if you don't work you you you're just going to die and like this whole idea that if you're not being as productive as you could be it's just wrong you know it's yeah. this thing that's yes. continuously enforced by these um, success stories that you see right you have these people who worked so many so many hours and stuff uh, yeah, yeah. That's a really toxic mentality to get into because it's, mm. it's your, it's up to you to kind of choose how you live your life. Right? So how would you, as a psychologist, wanna and kind of uh, communicate that to your client, or how do you do that <laughs> in your sessions? You know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's th- this is a very very important point that we are talking about here, and uh, it is very very toxic to look at breaks as a waste of time or look at it as my non productive hours which is making me feel guilty right and what i tell my clients is that i break this notion down for them i tell them that 
you know, why is being productive so important to you? What is it giving you apart from fulfilling your responsibilities, your duties as a professional, meeting your targets? But at the end of the day, job and it's one of the roles that you're playing in your life as a professional. So what I tell them is that it's very important that we all take time to reflect on what is the one thing in my day that I want to wake up and look forward to? Hmm. This, you know, what is the one thing you would like to create in your life that you would want to look forward to? Mm-hmm. And uh, oftentimes I don't get an answer from clients. And that's what, that's where I direct my therapy sessions towards. Yeah. So it's more about like breaking down these notions and just like figuring out uh, again, see, these things are so easy to just say, right? Like, the process of doing that, because I've seen people with uh, tunnel vision, they just, it's impossible to break free from this notion. And we, and even terming these things as right and wrong, like, it's not my place to ter- to term these, uh, sorry, there's a lot of traffic outside. Let's wait for the, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, not, uh, not the most isolated room. What were they talking about? <laughs> Uh, you were talking about people having a tunnel vision and it being very hard to... Yeah, tunnel vision, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, I, I've tried to talk to people and it's fine. It's not my place to tell these people that, yeah, that's the wrong perspective. But it is a very, there's a high likelihood that they will face burnout in the future. Right? And it's kind of sad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. That is, uh, yeah, I think we are a generation that's going through immense amounts of burnout already. Yeah. And uh, it's it also brings me to think about choices, right? And we all know that privilege gives us choices. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and we at this point, uh, for me as well personally, at this point, I feel like I have these skills, I have these abilities, I have the maybe some amount of finances to choose a different career path or to choose to do something else. And that in itself confuses me even more. That makes me think that I only have 24 hours in a day. Uh, Eight, nine hours of my day is gone at this workplace. Mm. Uh, What else can I do? What more do I want to do? Mm. How much Mm -hmm. do I want to do in this particular area? Mm. And there are different areas like that. So I think that in itself can be a cause of mental health concerns as well. It makes Mm. me feel very guilty say when I'm not able to I'm not able to give time to art which is something that I've always kept as a hobby for myself Mm. something like music if I don't listen to music for a long stretch of time I'm just uh, left thinking that I'm not doing enough or Mm. I'm not giving time to these other areas of my life Mm. yeah it's uh, very interesting to think of how choices can also the availability of choices can also be uh, affects us negatively. Yeah. And it's also like today we, we live in such a, a reactionary society, like not just the, the big news items, right? Like even small things like, um, like telling people that, listen, I read incest erotica and this, just being, just being looked down upon, you know? So, uh, <laughs> and then like, just, just be it being termed as a kink and kinks are bad and stuff like that. So, um, Hmm. And it, it's just kind of 
sad, you know, this this kind of. Uh, so anyway, so uh, do you think incest is uh, a deviance, a sexual deviance, or do you think we should look at it as a sexual deviance? Um, it's very hard to sort of uh, put my thoughts together on on it because. Uh, eighteen plus, eighteen plus. I'm just saying, eighteen plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. for that uh, clarification. Yes, yes but just again, with with the age also. How can we tell that a person who is eighteen is mature? Is has that level of intelligence? Yeah, I wonder who actually came up with that age. You know, eighteen. It yeah. seems like a random age. Like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, how how can you say that someone who's seventeen is not aware, is not mature, and someone like seventeen and three sixty four days old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, there are lots lots of things to question there. And uh, coming to the question, I think. Uh, with incest if it's something that is, whatever i say here is going to be controversial so I mean, go for I, it go for it it's social okay. science fine <laughs> all right so um okay with someone who is who is not making that choice or is not conscious of uh engaging sexually with another uh person who is from the same family or whatever i think that is something that is problematic because and this involves things like con- consent or uh, you being manipulated by another older individual or younger individual um and a lot of the factors there right so it basically boils down to am i am i willing to do this and if i'm willing to do this what are the factors that have made me willing to get into this kind of a relationship with this person mm. is is it some form of disability is it some form of uh, manipulation is it some form of again is it a very visible form of mental health condition where uh, you can see that i am not in touch with reality you know in, in like in the case of psychosis mm. uh, you can okay, what psychosis for our one listener okay <laughs> psychosis is basically uh, not being in touch with reality so the signs of psychosis are very can be very prominent it involves things like maybe making incoherent speech uh, having these very very grandiose ideas plans which can never be converted into uh, you know reality or uh, having these delusions about people are trying to kill me threaten me poison me uh and these are not just thoughts these are beliefs which i'm holding very very strongly and uh, hallucinations or anything of that sort which is uh which is interfering with your it's interfering with your life with your decisions with your choices with the things that you're doing uh with yourself and with other people so that i do feel is a uh, is a factor that we need to look at when we talk about incest because uh if a person is showing any of these signs then they are not in that mental health state to make a decision or a choice that is best for them mm. so in that case i would say it is not okay and if it's two consenting individuals who are mature who know each other who know the dynamics their bond and they want to maybe get into mm. a sexual relationship yeah i don't know what's wrong with it because 
again with with incest uh, i think the argument that stands is uh, uh, you shouldn't copulate with people from the same uh, family because it pr- produces yeah the genetic thing uh, yeah probably the genetic factor yeah yeah right right so what is what if my aim of uh, having this sexual experience is not to produce kids yeah yeah you can't boil it down to having kids at all times right it, mm. it's not just that so yeah 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 what do you think yeah uh, yeah i uh, yeah i just feel like uh, uh, adults if you're an adult and if you are in a uh, not an irrational frame of mind if if you if objectively speaking if okay so there are two things right i feel like uh if it is a two person thing you have the responsibility of you as a person recognizing what you want and also recognizing that uh the other person isn't in any sort of emotional uh, irrational state of mind so it's it's up to you to have that level of maturity and sort of look past this sort of this drive of yours right and that maturity calls for a lot of conversation about these things so just like shutting down incest hooks okay that's okay yeah, i'm sorry ignore my cat um yeah yeah that yeah. that's all right fuck <laughs> yeah so yeah so that, just just yeah. uh, labeling it as a deviance just uh, stops this kind of a conversation because at the end of the day we are all, we are all just like beings right so yeah yeah hmm. so what kind of porn are you into sorry what kind of I porn could... are you into um uh, anything i mean anything. I, i don't really have too much of a preference yeah uh, do you know that uh, lesbian porn is actually like number 1 in in thought uh, of sites which is very interesting to me why do you think it's uh, why do you think guys are like lean towards lesbian porn so much i don't know i think the idea of uh, i don't know having two women together on each other is somewhat of a turn on for them and uh, mm. Uh, it's again something that you will never be able to i i'm guessing you would never be able to see it in real or see it happening in real in front of you so it's it's that fantasy right right so the fact yeah. that straight guys are into this is not yeah doesn't term it as a deviance you know it's again like there's so many gray areas it's just like terming it's just like putting these things as bad and and just like uh preventing us from actually going deeper and like thinking about why these things are important right and uh, yeah, yeah like yeah. i'm not in any way like endorsing the porn industry because uh, it is to that women and men as well are, are manipulated for money and all that um, but there's a subreddit called gone wild have you checked it out um no not really yeah it's this thing about uh, where you have um uh, women just like posting on their own consensually which i think is pretty cool is this like oh. not driven by uh, an industry or anything like that uh, mm, yeah. yeah and uh, yeah and i feel like this this sort of a uh, positivity of uh needs to be promoted consensually obviously but uh, mm, mm. yeah 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 i think uh, it's very important to have that autonomy over my body over my uh what i want to really post about myself and yeah if in in the porn industry especially it is driven by money it's driven by uh yeah i don't know i'm not really aware of it but i i'm guessing there are a lot of other factors that influence a person's 
choice of what I want to do or why I want to do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not not always coming out of personal interest, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I guess I've do you have anything else to say? I guess that's all I have to talk about about these things. Yeah, I mean, uh that's pretty much it. I think okay. we've got a lot of things on Yeah, it's like close to 50 minutes. I didn't expect it to go this long. <laughs> right, it was just was fun. Okay. So, I yeah, guess this yeah. cool. I guess we could end yeah. there. Thanks for uh thanks for gracing okay. us with your presence and uh, we look look forward to like hosting future podcasts. Yes, yes. All Thank right. you for uh, I guess coming up with this. and i think uh, thank oh, you oh shucks i'm blushing to all our listeners if we have any <laughs> yeah so yeah we actually so the idea is to actually like get uh, a regular people heard right like it's it's not to have celebrities on or anything like that like just a uh, regular people with a perspective so if you feel like being on this podcast definitely uh, reach out to us you know and we will see if we can uh, do something you know Yeah yeah if you have interesting things that you would want to talk about yeah. if you are looking for a platform i mean not like we have too much of a platform yeah or... yeah we we were just random <laughs> people right and uh, yeah you could uh, even if it's just like rant about something it's fine it's, it's just regular people talking so uh, feel free yeah yeah all right yeah solid 50 minutes not bad not bad for a first episode all right okay. thanks neha all right yeah. thanks shanti bye yeah. bye have a good day You too. Yes.